0: Welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Today I'm talking with John Grook, who supports consultants professional advisors, and small businesses in the creation of sustainable, profitable enterprises. Hello, John.
1: Hello, Robert. Good to hear from you.
0: Now, look, it's good, to, it's good to have you here, so thank you for joining us. Now, look, I know that you estimate, I think it's one in five consultants, you say, that uh, kind of chuck it in or at least substantially kind of change their businesses um, in the first year or so, I gather. So, you know, what's going on and what what, what can we do to fix it, do you think? Well, they
1: many people just hang the shingle up, the consultant shingle up, and to say, "Hi, I'm Robert. I'm here. I'm now consulting in project management. You know, come and find me." Yeah. Um, And they just they they just don't go about it in a you know in a structured fashion.
0: Hmm. And these when you the consultants that you work with, and I know that largely. You're, speak, you're, you're working, say, with people, as we said in the intro, that are in the kind of professional services space. Are a number of them, are they yeah. coming from sort of corporate, a lot of them? Is, uh, is that typically who you work with?
1: That's a good question. Um, I get some from, uh, some come from corporate. Some are actually uh, ex-colleagues of mine and come from, uh, you know, from, from larger professional services firms.
0: Okay. So, but this first issue then you say that they kind of, they hang their shingle up and they say, right, here I am. I'm available. I can do your work. Um, why, what's, what's the problem there? Is, is, are you suggesting that that's kind of all they do? Is, is, is is it a marketing issue?
1: It's, I mean, it, it, it all, it all does come back to marketing. Um, you know, when I'm working with somebody, the the only plan, the initial planning that we produce is always marketing. We have to get Robert, we have to get John out there into the market. Um, we, we don't focus on more operational planning until later on. But they just, they, they, they simply go into it rather unprepared. And uh, I, ha- I have over time developed a, a long list of 18 fundamentals mm. that they simply should you know follow and um i was hoping that we might look at let's say um five of those today
0: yeah perfect let's let's do just that so you okay as you say 18 fundamentals we we might need to come back and do some more (laughs) in a later podcast but for today let's let's go with five so what's the top of the list what's number one
1: okay top of the list i mean if uh, recruiters uh, would have good candidates producing functional resumes, everybody's familiar with the classic reverse chronological resume, but uh, a a lower number of people is familiar with what's called the functional resume, Mm. where you, you break what you've been doing down into its functional blocks.
0: Okay, and, and so um, and is I mean, this something? I mean, do you call in in the the area in which you work? Do you, you presume that you're not referring it to it as a resume? We're not looking for a no, we not no. Okay, so how do you how do you refer to it?
1: Well, I refer to it as a well. I I, I do sorry, I do refer to it as a functional resume. Okay, but I mean we 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 simply go through. We'll, we'll, we'll call our mythical consultant Robert, yeah. um, because you're looking at me on the screen here. Um, so we go through, you know, what has Robert done over the you know, the time that he's been working mm-hmm. um, and, and break it, you know, determine what its functional pieces are. So if we took, if, if Robert, let's say, was a project management consultant, we might get four, four functional areas. We would get Robert's done things around starting up projects. He's also delivered projects. Number three, he closes them off. And number four, he may well have some change management expertise. I mean, I've simplified that one down. The last time I did this with a new client, Adrian, in Melbourne, um, we we actually got up to 12 areas that he had worked in and he hoped to develop a consulting business around, but we managed to shrink that to four.
0: Okay, so what you're doing then is you are using, as you you say, the kind of the resume model, if you like, to look at, okay, where's your expertise and let's break it into areas. Because presumably then what you're suggesting is that what a lot of consultants don't do is this task. I mean, typically what do they do do they are they just saying hey i'm a project management consultant you know let's work together is 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 that is is your job to expand that sort of thinking into something that's much more saleable
1: absolutely absolutely no absolutely you've got it you've got it in one rob absolutely they just you know we go on their websites and it just says look you know this is what i do and there's this jumble of um there tends to be a jumble of of content and i look at you know, new consultants, websites, and I just wonder what people do. Yeah. So so once, you know, so once we've got these areas, we can then look at each of them and say, well, can I, in, in, in a given area, create a set of products, that's what, uh, or am I going to go out and, and, and sell my expertise?
0: Okay, got you, got you. So this is, I know, because you've, you've sent me some notes beforehand. So this is your point one, which is determining the scope of the service. So we break it down, right. work out what it is. And then what you do is yeah. you say, right, what can I deliver within that little sort of bucket of skill? Is that I'd probably right. probably not That's the words right. you would use? Okay. No, no, then, I do
1: use, I do, I do, yeah, I do use the bucket word actually.
0: Okay. <laughs> All right. So, so that's 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 kind of, and I'm I'm not wanting to hurry you through. So, if you've got more to say on this, then just tell me. But so the first thing is determining the scope of the service, then seeing, okay, how, how what am I going to deliver? Am I going to deliver a product? Am I going to deliver a service? And is there anything else along with that that we need to do in this kind of scope of service yep. action?
1: Yes, there is, and, and, and the last piece to do on establishing that scope, having decided whether look, it's the scope of this particular area is product versus expertise, is then to get in the zone and, and write up about what you've done in it. So case studies, which are very sort of scientific analysis of projects that you've done, reference stories, which are softer um you know stories about what you've done, and also if you can at this early stage and particularly for the um, the um, more expertise based consultant, develop points of view um, and, and these are not opinion pieces these are um, where you have developed a new clear practical way on how to address a particular business problem that stands apart is somewhat different to existing uh existing ways of doing it mm,
0: okay so this is this is very much by the sounds of it asking the consultant to sort of dig out their opinions and their thoughts because this is this presumably is what um makes business or makes those people much more attractive is if they've got some and they feel strongly about things yeah,
1: ab- yeah, so, absolutely it- yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, John, when you're working with um, with people like this, uh, with consultants, and I'm sure a number of people listening are um, have either moved through some of this work or possibly are sitting there feeling a bit uncomfortable as we're speaking, recognising you know, their own situation. One thing that I've noticed, uh, and indeed I've felt the pain myself, is that kind of having this um, knowledge and having someone like you saying, okay, you need to do this, this, and this, and you've, you know, you've been clear yeah. with it today, that's all well and good, but doesn't necessarily mean that the person is going to be capable of writing in a terribly engaging sort of way. What do you do in that circumstance?
1: Oh, okay. Um, I, one of the 18 fundamentals is uh, logical writing. Right. And so I, I do spend time with people on how to um, express their thoughts and ideas uh in, in a much with greater clarity mm. um and, and if it's really bad um, i'm sorry um i might well refer them to do some professional writing training
0: yes okay but so the, in the first instance the thing is because this is something that um you know i've seen people struggle with and you you can say well you need to do this you need to write down your, some case studies you need to as you said talk about some reference stories come up with some points of view and then what you get back is is um Either um, sadly not terribly well written, or it's just it doesn't come back at all because they just don't have that skill of writing. But what I'm guessing that you're saying is just get something down, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? So yes. get it down on paper, yes. and then yes. there are plenty of people, and we've got lots of them within the community, as you would know yes. professional writers who can yes. turn your yes. disparate thoughts into something um, much more meaningful and, yeah. and useful. Yeah. Okay, so that was uh, point I mean, sorry, carry on.
1: You know, what I was going to say I would I, I mean I, I would be capable of going so far in improving somebody's writing, but mm. I mean if it is a bit of a uh, looking like a bit of a lost cause or needing I, I, I then get in you know the professional help that you've just described.
0: Yeah, okay, because I think the main thing for anyone listening is that it's so important that we've got this scope of service right is let's not get h- yes. hung up. On whether or not we're good writers you know there are plenty of people that are good writers so we can it's just getting it out there initially isn't it so all right so that was point one determining the scope of the service where do we go to next
1: well the next thing we've got to do we've got to smash down some new doors i mean uh, we look at the flying solo community it's 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 essentially um you know people working on their own Mm uh corporate you know enterprises out there of all Forms and sizes don't know Robert from a bar of soap, yep. and so Robert needs something to, um, you know, smash down John's door. And um, the the uh, the, mo- the most effective technique that I have that I have developed and my clients have implemented is having the short, sharp uh, diagnostic uh, door opener that that where you deliver. Um, a useful outcome in three, five, or seven days of effort over a one, one and a half, two-week elapsed period.
0: Mm. Now that's going to take some explaining. Okay, so what? Do you, so okay. this short, sharp diagnostic openers, Please explain.
1: Okay, so well, let's go back to our our, our project management consultant, mm. and he he's looking at something in startup. So. People start up projects by doing a business case. So, the diagnostic, so you would do a health check of a business case. You know, somebody that's accomplished in um, assembling and being able to critique business cases would be able to do that in just a few days.
0: Okay, so what you're saying, I just want to make sure I'm hearing this. So, in this instance, where this consultant is someone that helps startups or helps people starting up a, a new project. It, yep. What his his or her offer might be is I'll give you a kind of a, a short overview of your project. That's the that's the door opener, is that right? Okay.
1: That's the door opener, and and the, the um, I suppose the teaser to the door. We know that if we look at a business case, it will either be incomplete. They've simply not they've missed something out. They might have missed out um, the full range of intangible benefits. They might have not thought about change management, say, or the business case may not be consistent with um, current or leading practice in how to put business cases together. That's two fairly typical um, issues with business cases. So the diagnostic is is aimed at identifying um, which of those situations exist, or it could say, the business case is perfect.
0: Okay, so I'm thinking again of, of uh, examples in other industries. So we might see, and indeed, I've you know we see it a fair bit on flying solo. Is somebody perhaps who is a writer saying, "I will give you uh, a critique of your homepage," or it might be a web developer saying, "I will give you a review of um, you know the the way that people." Uh, traffic throughout your site or um, you know meander through your site or whatever so it's it's yes. thinking of your industry what's the kind of thing that will be a nice i'm guessing it's either low cost or free sort of foot in the door mm. that will allow you to expose some possible avenues that will um, that you can then develop into business that's what you're saying isn't it that's
1: right um absolutely robert but it, but I hate to say it, it's never free. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, that's I good. I mean, it delivers... Never. I mean, free is one of my two banned words. Right, okay. Um, uh, you, you, you're going to deliver a very useful outcome to somebody in a very short space of time. There is there is good value attached to that, and you would price that accordingly.
0: Okay, all right. So it might be keenly priced, but in, certainly in the way that you work with your people, it Never. it would never be free.
1: No, I never be no. free. No.
0: Okay. No. All right. So that's no. that's opening doors, and then with again with your sort of typical consultant in front of you, do you would you suggest um, that that anyone has sort of one, two, three, or four possible door openers, or do you put all your effort into one one or two kind of key propositions? What's your thinking there?
1: You you'd probably you we take this project management consultant I've talked about with mm-hmm. these four different you know, areas to his business, you'd probably aim to have a, two or three uh, in each of those, in each area, and then they're followed up with the typical remedies that would flow from, the, you know, the outcome of doing the diagnostics. So, in the business case example I gave, um, the obvious, the, the two remedies flowing on would be, well, we, you know, you need to rework it, and therefore, the consultant might help them to rework it because they've missed stuff out, or he might help them to realign it and bring it, you know, in in line with leading practice. So they're two pretty obvious remedies. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it's 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 having a not just a clarity around what the uh, the door opener is, but what what the solution is, where kind of where to next. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then when, if if this consultant again is trying to get a foot in the door or is meeting people at networking events, do they? Do you suggest that they have these kind of um, propositions at the at the forefront? Are they leading with those, or are they? Is it something that they're kind of keeping in their toolkit when the relationship becomes de- a bit more developed? How are how are they used in that sense? you
1: you, you, you would you would lead with them. Um, okay. I mean, I, I've picked on the business case one, I mean, we know anecdotally, almost across any industry, business cases are done, and are not done particularly well, and so you should be able to um, ex- excite or generate some interest in, you know, around your ability to diagnose what might be wrong with a business case.
0: Yeah, right? okay.
1: And so yes, you would lead with
0: them. lead with them okay all right, so we've looked at determining the scope of the service we've looked with some ways that you can get doors open, so not going in with the kind of the full offering, but with things that will will open the door slightly and will can lead on to the building of a relationship. Uh, what's point three what comes next?
1: Well, point three I picked um, you know to sort of distill we, we'd, we'd be on the call there for about three or four hours going through all 18. <laughs> Um, I, I then picked marketing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I've called it tactile marketing. Um, I mean, I've currently got a list of sixty six zero uh, marketing techniques or tactics, mm-hmm. and, and they run from you know advertising with a banner on a website mm-hmm. through to writing a white paper. So it's a it's a true A to Z. Right, but one, but one that um, consistently. Um, generates uh, attention to one's business is is the tactile, and that's sending something, somebody, sending somebody something uh, quite physical, like a, a brochure or a flyer. Right, and and, and also by post.
0: Okay, it sounds like this is um, some good old fashioned strategies, but you're, it's I old guess, old fashioned, right?
1: But it but it works, Robert it works and if you if, if you um, it, it works it, you follow you know it's followed up with a phone call and you will get you will get more conversations started with people mm. and in today's world it's just so important to get the conversation started uh, if you're tracking any of the um, developments around entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial, uh, innovation, the work of Blank and Reese, and so on, mm. and um, the guy that's done the lean canvas, Ash Moriah. Uh, it's all about getting in front of the customer as quickly as you can. Mm.
0: With sending brochures, I mean, what's, uh, how? How do we do that? I mean, is it, is it not is it not the case you send a brochure, something gets in your post, you go open it and toss it straight in the bin? I mean, how do we how do we how do we have breakthrough with kind of relevance? When we're doing okay. that sort of thing,
1: well, well, we we first of all, I mean, we identify who to we clearly identify who to send it to. Okay. Um, and, and my approach is, you always go top down. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, project my this mythical project management consultant he might be aiming at, you know, chief information officers or even chief operate, you know, COOs, yep. chief operations officers, and you establish the name of that person, you you establish their address and you put something in the post to them mm-hmm. and, and the covering you know a well There's there, there's a format uh, there's a particular format for the covering letter and the, the the final paragraph of that letter says I'm gonna call you yeah. with a view to meet with you mm. uh, and, and when you follow up on those I reckon it's probably only about 1 in 20 have been did, right. Um, I, 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 yeah about one in twenty have binned it nearly everybody recalls it if if they don't recall it, then you then get permission to email it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then you'll follow it up again with a phone call mm.
0: and are you finding then that in the you know as we increasingly or as we as we use snail mail posts less and less, is that therefore having a a positive impact on on these kind of direct mail actions yeah.
1: I'd, I'd never thought about that. Yeah, because post is down. We've mm. we've got all the news about Australia Post in, in you know uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah. It is down. I mean, if if if, if it's colourful, um, you know, in, you know, what do I suggest? You know, you put your logo on the envelope. Mm-hmm. You know, your, you know, there's a bit of colour involved. The other trick. And, 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 and it's not my origination, it, it was told to me years ago, you put two business cards in mm-hmm. um, and people say, yeah, why did you put two business cards in? Well, the theory there is that one will be passed down <laughs> by right. and one will be retained by the senior person that you've tried you know, that you've initially spoken to so people you, you, you can get quite a high recall right, through colour and, and what's in the envelope—the letter, mm. the brochure, or the flyer—and yeah. the two cards.
0: Okay, and then obviously, I'm assuming that whatever you're sending has also got the door-opening proposition that we've talked about. Is very clear about the scope of service which you've talked about. Oh. So we're using those. And what about net- networking? Face-to-face networking, in particular. What do you? What's your policy on that these days?
1: Oh, on, on networking, you've 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 got to go to the places where. Um, you're likely to meet potential clients or where you'll meet what I call connections that are going to drive you, you know, and, and help you find potential clients. Um, you know, we don't go uh, to the events where we're trying to, you know, balance a, a bottle of premium beer or glass of Chardonnay with a canapé. Right. Um, with a load of other tragics all trying to hit each other up.
0: We've got,
1: we've got to go where we where we might find you know either clients directly or indirectly okay so choose your choose your
0: networking very carefully by the sounds of it oh
1: definitely yes okay all right so let
0: now as you say you've got 60 marketing techniques so we're not going to go through all of those but but marketing is is an is there's point three where to next what's point four
1: Point four was about the most common question I get asked on courses and workshops is how do I price my services? Mm. Um, and I, it, it's 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 quite straightforward to do that. Um, generally, oh no, not i gen- I'd say almost everybody that I meet for the first time underprices what they do. Okay. There's no, there's almost no doubt in my mind on that. Mm. And so. There's, there's some very simple mechanism for um, uh, developing what your you know
0: what what your pricing should be come on then you're gonna to have to tell us now
1: okay all right very very simply we, 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 we're going to calculate what I call a notional daily rate right uh, where you simply add together two numbers one number is well what's my business going to cost over the year ahead Mm-hmm. And, and, and only you will know all the different components of that, the offices, the IT, the cars, you know, the expensive lunches and so on. Um, and to that number, we add what you want personally mm-hmm. to meet your financial commitments. Right. So, let, so let's say that comes up with a figure of 120,000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The We then have to decide how available we are for work and, and the most common um, metric on that is I'm going to make myself available for work 44 weeks of the year so eight weeks for doing other stuff including mm-hmm. holidays yep. um, which is 220 days. Right. Okay? Yep. We then divide the 120 by 220 And if we were charging all of those 220 days, we would be able to go out there and consult at a daily rate of $545 a day. Mm -hmm. But
0: But that's assuming we sell every single day.
1: That's right. We sell. We we deliver every single day Mm. because there's no time there for marketing and selling. Alternatively, at the other end of the scale, we might say, well, I quite like living here at Palm Beach. I'm just going to go out and consult, charge one day a week, Mm -hmm. and so that's only therefore forty four chargeable days a year, and therefore the daily rate to sustain that to meet the one twenty target is two. Is what is it two seven two seven? So two thousand seven hundred twenty seven dollars a day.
0: If
1: if you compute the little table on that. You'll see that at three days chargeable, it's nine hundred nine, and at two days chargeable, it's thirteen sixty-three. Right. Now, in order to allow time for marketing, selling, and further personal development, you'd probably want to be charging between two and three days a week every week, which, on the numbers I've given you, is around about twelve fifty a day.
0: So, are you saying there then that? So that's. Sorry, John, just to, just to make sure i got this clear. So if you're looking to work sort of five days a week, you're, did you just suggest there then that you're really only likely to be selling two or three days a week?
1: Yes, that's right. Okay. Charging. Okay. Three yes, days.
0: okay. Right.
1: You should, you should sort of aim for somewhere between two to three days a week.
0: Okay, yeah. got you.
1: Because you, 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 the rest of the time, you're looking for that next opportunity. You're mm-hmm. working on the next offer. Um, you know you're developing case studies points of view lots of other things happen.
0: okay so I can see where you're going with this Then, so w- when we've worked out what we want from the business what it costs to run our business we yep. accurately sort of estimate well okay how many days can I actually sell per week given that I need other days for professional development as you said for for business development yes. that then gives us our our notional daily rate would that be right through those just this notional daily rate. Hmm. Okay, so let's imagine we've got we've that, got that. When when you do that with somebody and you you come up with a notional daily rate, is it generally a bit of a surprise?
1: Um, no, it's normally too low. Okay. Okay. People set their sights low, um, and 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 you get the psychological. Um, Uh, Impacts of oh, I can't go over a thousand. I can't go over two thousand. I can't go over three thousand a day. And I can assure you, there are sole practitioners out there, soloists out there, that that are are charging uh, over three thousand dollars a day Mm. for what they do. Absolutely.
0: Um, But how do these – so how do you, John, take somebody from a position where they've maybe decided that they want to charge? 750 yep. a day um yep. how do you take them from that to perhaps what they should be charging which is you know maybe double that what's the process well, be- how do you do that
1: well i'll beat them up <laughs>
0: <laughs> right I mean,
1: no i i the, there's two tricks here and i have yeah. did, i did this extremely successfully with one consultant You know, once we run the numbers and then we talk, what I hadn't talked about was, well, what's the market paying, you know, Mm. for what you're doing? And I can quickly illustrate there that they're under market. We just start to nudge up the daily rate. So, you know, we go from seven and we nudge it up in using sort of oddish looking numbers. So if we have to disclose to a client what a daily rate is, then, and I'll, I'll come back to another trick in a minute,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, we go from 7.50 to to 7.85 to 8.35 mm-hmm. to, you know, 9.15 and so on, okay.
0: right? I should just so reassure you listeners that the um, the police car in the background isn't coming for you. It's just coincidentally no, driving. No, No, that's good.
1: I'm sitting near to the junction of, what is it, Parramatta Road and City Road. Okay. And um, I I even moved to a room that was less likely to be disturbed by the um, constabulary, but I've failed.
0: Um, (laughs) Okay, sorry, I interrupted you Back where you were.
1: Yeah, no, so you, first of all, if you have to disclose a rate, then you, you know, you nudge it up using those sort of oddish looking numbers. Mm -hmm. People do not query 915. They might query 950 or 900 or 1,000. They won't query 915 or 935, right? Right, Okay. Um, the other device you use is to move away from having to disclose a daily rate and elapsed, elapsed price things, right? Mm-hmm. So say I'm going to do this in three elapsed weeks for $15,000, right?
0: What does that so, mean? I'm sorry, I don't understand you. What's an elapsed, sorry. Th- three elapsed, elapsed.
1: weeks? I'm, I'm going to do a piece of work. In three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So three elapsed weeks. In three elaps- in three weeks' time, I'll be back in with the answer to the oh, okay. no problem.
0: But in so other I, words, I, I'm not saying I'm going to work every day five no, days a week. it the- Okay, okay, I get it. That's correct. Right. Of
1: course, the, 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 there's bound to be some clients listening to this,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh,
1: of course, the client's sitting there thinking, oh, 15,000, three weeks, geez, getting you know, Robert for 1,000 a day is a bargain, right? right? So back. I'll take it, but Robert knows that he can deliver that work in maybe 10 or or normally, so that gives him a a daily rate of 1500 a day, Mm -hmm. Um, but of actual effort expended on it. He could maybe go down to eight. He might have to drift up to 12. Nevertheless, he's well under what the client is thinking about.
0: Yeah, okay all right so that's that's one and you, you mentioned an, another well you, you talked about pricing So well, i mean pricing is a figure that is, this is not yeah. easily divisible into sort of hours and also then talking about the delivery of a project over a span of time without specifically um the amount of days you're going to work in it so i can see that both of those would would move away from the kind of the daily rate conversation that's
1: right that's right and 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 if and if that's that's simply it Rob. um mm. the, the i mean i've used that that technique a uh, uh, trick of the trade mm. um, extremely successfully time and time again with client with clients mm. um it's it's it, it definitely gets the um it definitely gets them into a position where their daily rate is, is you know, is truly what it should be in
0: the market. Yeah, and then also what what I think I heard you saying there, and I've heard this a similar comment from um, from Julia Bickerstaff, who I talked to a while ago about pricing, is that is not to hold back on sort of increasing your prices. And so what she always recommends is 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 do a little, but do it regularly, as opposed to letting it kind of run and run and run at a rate that you know is not right, and then having to or trying to jump. Um, uh, sort of a, a great amount. So, would you agree with us as well?
1: Yes, sort of. I mean, in in your terms and conditions, you're going to have um, there's a set clause which I won't bore you with on mm-hmm. you know how you raise your prices. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not quite sure. I I've I've heard Julia describe that once at one of your mm-hmm. events. I'm not quite sure. I you know I buy into it.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm a great fan of, you know going out there with a sort of premium or high price strategy and not giving it away and too many give it away okay, okay. they they do i mean Adrian in Melbourne I've just been working with I mean mm. he 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 absolutely transforms organisations and he's doing it way 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 below what the value that he's delivering mm.
0: Okay, but I'm sure he's working with you. He's, he's getting that message little by little, <laughs> as you as you beat him up. All right, so let's take <laughs> him on to your your final point then. Um, so that was pricing. A final point: keeping up to date.
1: Yeah, it it it. This it's quite simple. You you've you've got to you've got to position yourself as the authority in your subject area. I mean, you know, you look at yourself and Sam and Peter. I mean, you guys are the authorities when it comes to. You know, what, what, what's, you know, what's happening in small business, what's happening with soloists and so on. And then you, you've, you've got to get into that position and own that position. And, and one of the ways of sustaining that is simply to constantly research all of the third-party sources that, that are going to keep you topical and relevant. So subscribing to, you know, McKinsey, Harvard Business Review. If, if, you're an, if you're a manufacturing consultant, Oliver White. If you're an HR consultant, Mercer. Okay. Um, so, you know, find the right research sources that are going to pump into your inbox every single day um, stuff that might help you maintain that topicality. Mm,
0: okay, so it's sharpening the saw. It's just making sure you stay at the top of your game. Absolutely, absolutely,
1: and and you can really, you know, I mean, people, you know, you know, sole practitioner consultants, you you can really do it. Mm-hmm. You can knock off uh, bigger firms, you can knock off brand name firms, um, but you've got to be on top of your game. I mean, you, you, I mean, I think I subscribe to somewhere between sixty and seventy sources, and mm-hmm. it's actually one we work. With.
0: Mm. I'm sure because you can you can be having discussions with potential clients or existing clients where you're breaking news to them, which is rarely, Absolutely. rarely Absolutely. the way that no. um, small businesses or Absolutely. consultants are perceived, isn't it?
1: You, you're, you're right on it. I mean, mm. we used to years ago before this wonderful technology enabled us to email people, we would see something in a book or we'd see something in a magazine, we'd quickly photocopy it and we would post it to our, you know, mm. to, to our clients, even our prospects. These days, it takes just seconds for me in the morning, mm. oh, I think Robert might be interested in that. And I yeah. just send a, a one-time email that says, hello, Robert, thought you might be interested in this. Cheers, John.
0: Yeah, and I can, and- I can vouch for you. You actually do do that. You've sent me a number of things <laughs> over the years, so, which I really, I really I- appreciate. now look okay john thank you so much for for sharing those five and i know so you've got a a, a great deal more than that um to to kind of draw us to a close today i'd like to ask you a question that is is away from all of that this is you know is the flying solo podcast where i'm speaking to people like your good self running a solo business running a small business what I'd love to know, you know, you've been doing this for a number of years um, and I met up with you recently and you, your plan is to do it for a, a number of more years, which is because you enjoy it so much. What I'd love to know, what I'd, I think our audience would love to know is who's been, would you say, the single greatest influence on you and what did they teach you?
1: Okay. The,
0: <laughs> this was really
1: hard to answer. Um because over time, I think I've had five or six people that, that would come into that category that you're you know into this category of influencing. Mm. But I'm going to choose um, somebody by the name of Neil Stewart,
0: mm-hmm. who
1: sadly is no longer with us, and he was a partner at um, Price Waterhouse, Irwick, the consulting arm of Price Waterhouse when I joined in 1990. right And he, yeah. He taught me how to quietly achieve,
0: hmm.
1: how, you know, I don't have to go and stand on a, a rock or a mountaintop and shout out about what I do. Um, he, he was the proverbial quiet achiever within our enterprise, within, you know, within the consulting arm of PW. Um, he, he was an excellent mentor and he helped me to sharpen my uh, mentoring skills. And he also took me from being a glass half-empty person, which I naturally was, to a glass half-full person. Hmm. But it was, it, but it was the quiet achieving. I mean, people around our practice at the time—we had about two hundred consultants—would um, would used to say, "I'd love to work with Neil." You know, he was, he, he was just so popular. He, he was the proverbial quiet achiever. <laughs> and,
0: and did. And, 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 did he teach you or did he sort of model? I mean, did you just, did he, did, you, did he consciously sit down and tell you this is how you do it, John, or did you just observe the way that he worked?
1: It, it, it was the observing, it was just the osmosis of being with him and working with him, right? I mean, we just, from, 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 from the moment we met on the um, 16th of July 1990, <laughs> um, which is which it, which a family birthday, so I remember okay. that day. Um, you know, I mean, I started two weeks later. I mean, mm. and, and as soon as I looked in his bookshelf, you know, he, he he had one of the leading texts on consulting that I have, you know, that oh. I've been trained in. I mean, we, 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 we were on the right wavelength from the sure. start. It was just, it was, it's osmosis, isn't it, mm. working with some, being somebody like that?
0: Okay, what I'd love it, to it know, what I'd love to ask you, and this is putting you on the spot now, can you remember one particular event or occasion where this sort of quiet achieving nature of neil stewart really shone through
1: ah i was when he when he used to beat me up on being negative
0: okay it
1: right? ch- changed me from being quite negative to being more positive right i i he, I mean, he, I'd, I'd hesitate to do his accent. He was no, he was Canadian, Australian. Okay. You know? No, I won't do it. But, I mean, he would say, you know, John, you've got to look at it this way. You know, look, stop being so negative. He just, he, he helped to take me from being what wasn't quite a negative person to much more of a positive. Okay, and so
0: by the sounds of it, he would not be afraid to call you on it either. He would say, John, stop being such a negative person look and he'd give you an, a, an, a, an alternative lens to look through
1: yeah absolutely right mm. I mean you, you know you you want to work with people like that that beat you up you also actually want clients like that that beat you up and so, look, do the John Mckinro John you can't be serious yeah. in, in, in in what you're asking us to do I mean you know you, you've not had a good day unless you've somebody's beaten you up I don't know, I think." <laughs>
0: Okay, I well, I, I'll I'll choose to think of that as being challenged rather than beaten up, but um, maybe because I have a young son who literally does beat me up. So, look, John um, John Gork, it's been lovely talking with you. Thank you for sharing your time with us. I know that um, people that would like to find out more of your services can go to J E G M C. That's J E G M C dot com, uh, where they'll find a whole lot of information about you and your history and and no doubt a number of case studies reference stories points of view and uh, diagnostic door openers will be visible I, sh- I should imagine so thank you thank you very much for spending good. your time with flying solo john oh well
1: robert look thanks so much for having us on it's been it's been a blast thank
0: you okay talk to you soon And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.